Thank you for downloading the Inspire Me Lecture podcast, brought to you by the University of the West of England. In this podcast, we are joined by Jade Parnell, PhD student at UE Bristol. Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in to today's Inspire Me Lecture. Again, I'm Alyssa Willis and I'm Head of Student Communications here. So our speaker today is Jade Parnell. Jade is a PhD student at the Centre for Appearance Research based here at UE Bristol. Her research focuses on exploring the promotion of acceptance of diversity of appearance in primary school children. She's also the co-host of Appearance Matters, the podcast. After her talk, we'll have some time for some questions, so feel free to put your questions in. And I am delighted to pass over to Jade. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for that lovely introduction. Um, also to Sarah, Gemma and Ellie for being amazing and inviting me to do this. Um, and thank you to all of you guys for tuning in. Uh, it's great to be able to share my story and hopefully inspire some of you guys. So my name is Jade. Just a brief little introduction about me. So as Alyssa already explained, I'm a PhD student and it's usually three years for a PhD. I'm in my final year, so it's the third year. And it's at the Centre for Appearance Research, which I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second, um, to just acknowledge myself, my body and my privilege. I'm a cis uh, gender female, I'm able-bodied, I'm white. I'm also from a working class background. So those are my pronouns as well. I've lived in Bristol most of my life. If you can't already tell, I have quite a Bristolian accent. Um, so that's where I come from. The Centre for Appearance Research is where I do my PhD, is based at UE, usually, um, pre-COVID. We'd be in UE right now. Um, and we are the world-leading appearance research centre. So we do topics related to body image and visible differences. So I'm going to be talking mostly about body image today to hopefully inspire you guys about this topic. But also I want to note that visible differences is something we do a lot as well. And visible differences comes in a range of appearances. It can be acquired, so that's something like a facial burn. It could be something that's congenital, for example, a cleft lip and palate, or it could be done through surgical means like an amputated limb. We currently have over 35 team members and growing. We have two more new members starting in the next couple of months. This is an old picture of our team. Um, it took two years ago at our Appearance Matters conference, which happened in Bath. And if you are interested in the Centre for Appearance Research, um, we have Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So our Instagram and Twitter handle is at car underscore UE. Do suggest giving that a follow and Centre for Appearance Research on Facebook. We also have a participant pool, which is where anyone can sign an interest and you can take part in some of our current research if you're eligible. That is the Qualtrics link, um, so you can just access that. I know that's not really appropriate for you guys to click because it's unclickable, but if you just type in Centre for Appearance Research participant pool, you can sign up to that very easily. So that's just a brief little introduction about me. So what I want to do in this series is explain to you a little bit about body image, just get you thinking about what it is, um, and then talk about my journey, how I got here, and what inspired me, along with uh, a decent chunk at the end to Adds to some of your questions. So sit back, enjoy, eat some popcorn maybe, and also do have your phone or available web browser at the ready because I'm going to make this a little bit interactive as well. So to just briefly outline what body image is, because it is quite a broad concept, 
We basically generally say it's how a person thinks and feels about the way they perceive their body to look. And every person, irrespective of your appearance, whether you have a visible difference or not, can experience negative body image. You're not immune. But most importantly, it's actually not static. It can change over time, um, which is a really, really good thing because it means we can implement techniques and interventions to help people feel better about the bodies they're in if they're struggling. So I like to think of body image as like a tightrope that we walk every day. I remember when I first entered my first lecture, it was at the ECC, which if you don't know, I haven't been there yet, is a very big lecture theatre. And I didn't know anyone. I was terrified. And I was very focusing on the way I looked, thinking, oh, I wonder if I wore the right thing. Did I do my hair right? But mostly it was because I was thinking, I really want to make friends. I want to meet people that I like and enjoy my same like hobbies. When I actually sat down, I sat down to the person who's actually now my best friend and we've travelled so many places together. I didn't care what she looked like. She was probably thinking the same thing about herself and she didn't really care about what I looked like. But we met each other and become such good friends. But in that day, I was so focused that I was probably walking down the other way towards being a bit more dissatisfied. And here's the thing, like you can be dissatisfied about different parts of your body at different times. For example, I'm on a screen right now and I can see my face, so I might be more heightened about the way I look at the top but not really considering anything underneath what you can see on your camera and the same with that 2020 now maybe if you're online and you've got your camera on you're a bit more concerned about your facial features and less concerned about other parts of your body which is completely normal and the same way you feel happy and sad some days you wake up feeling like mm, great I've got this some days you're like I'm just going back to bed see you later so it's completely normal, but the difference is if we're walking more on one end than the other, that can lead to some severe consequences. So on that note, I'd like to invite you all to join Mentimeter.com. Um, so just to kind of get you interacting in this little series. So if you go on your web browser and type in Mentimeter.com or just Google Mentimeter, then once it does come up, you have a little digital code. And if you type in the digital code at the top, it's 65758366. So what we'll do now is we'll just access Mentimeter. So it's 65758366 for your digital code. And here is a question for you guys to hopefully, it's all anonymous by the way as well, everyone. So the question I have for you guys is, how many adults do you think have reported shame about how they look? So there's three answers here. One in 25 adults, one in 15 adults, and one in five adults. Um, so if you missed the code to type into Mentimeter, it's 65758366. If you haven't been able to access it, that's fine. You just have a think and see which one you think, and then I'll reveal the answer and you can see if you are shocked or not by what you thought. So, the real answer here is one in five adults have felt shame about how they look. And then the next question um, is how many adults have reported feeling down or low about the way they look? So we have one in three, one in two, or one in four. We've got quite a lot of answers for one in two. Okay, 
So this is great. It's one in three. So a little bit less maybe than what some of you thought, but the the mean here is, yeah, one in three. So that's great. What I'll do now is I'll go back to slides. Thank you for joining in on that. So linking to what we just did interactively, what the research says is the top two, one in five feel shame, one in three adults feel down or low, like you guys answered. The next bit is one in five adults have felt disgusted about the way they look and one in three have felt anxious. The same amount have felt depressed. And quite shockingly and sadly, one in eight adults have experienced suicidal thoughts or feelings regarding um, the way that they look. And that comes from a mental health survey produced in 2019, which you can access freely online. The reason that we talk about these things is because it actually costs us a lot as humans if we are feeling down or low consistently about the way we look. So like low self-esteem, depression, consistently being worried can affect your psychological health as well as your physical health. It can lead you to do behaviours like under or overeating, abusing substances. Um, and then there's relationships, which I have found in my experience can be quite problematic too. Whether it's like a friend or a family member who's consistently worried about the way they look and you're like, just enjoy yourself, like enjoy the moment. And it might even be yourself at some points, but it can lead to things like teasing and bullying, whether it's you doing it or you receiving it, just feeling left out and struggling to be a good friend sometimes. It can be hard to be a good friend to someone who's so consistently wrapped up in their own situation of looking a certain way because you're like, you know, trying to be a good friend to them, but sometimes that can be tricky as well as the other way around. And then university, which being late, Difficulty concentrating, if you haven't ate enough to actually provide your body with fuel to concentrate, then that can be tricky as well. And just one thing I experienced in schools, which I'll talk about later, is young boys and girls being too shy to even put their hand up in class to ask a question. And I know that can be difficult in many senses, but I've had times when a young girl actually won a £10 Amazon voucher and she refused to claim it. She didn't want it because she was like too shy to actually go up and collect it. So I had to give it later on when like no one was watching. But it's so, you know, poignant that these things impact our behaviours in our everyday life. So the next thing I want to move on to, because I know it is um, very topical for 2020 and COVID is social media. So what I would invite you guys to do, hopefully it works um, as well, because I know it only worked with the last question last time. But um, if you'd like to go to Mentimeter again, please. And there's a new digital code, um, which you just type in is 8416084. Um, the first one is asking how many adults reported spending two to four hours on social media a day. So these are on over 18s. Um, under 18s is a slightly different story, actually. Um, so if you have a think, because I don't think this section is working, do you think it's 29%, uh, 39%, 49%, 59%, or 69%? Okay. So the answer is 49%, about half of adults spend two to four hours a day on social media. Maybe you thought it was more, maybe you thought it was less. And then the next one, um, how many adults said images on social media cause them to worry about their appearance? So yeah, we have one in three, one in four, one in five, one in six. We've got a lot of one in threes. 
So it's actually one in five. So it's slightly less than what the majority voted for, but that's that's great. So going back to the research again then, what we find is that one in five adults have used social media that's caused them to worry about their body image, but even scarily under 18, so 40% of them, feel they've worried about the way they look. And that's also because a lot more teens report using a lot more social media. So social media facilitates what we call in body image research appearance comparisons. And that's when, and I don't know, we've all done it at some point, you look at your you know, social media feed and you think, ah, oh, they look so much better or they have this or I don't look like that. And those are appearance comparisons. And that's a downward appearance comparison, which means you then evaluate yourself more negatively in terms of the image that you're viewing. So we find one in five men and one in three women have negatively compared themselves to others via social media. Now, if you think about how many more people during COVID are engaging in social media, we've also found their body image has actually got worse due to being more online and seeing more of these idealized images. But I have realized this is quite negative throughout this process. So I want to just point out some right kind of top tips for if this is happening to you, because we're not immune to these things. I know I'm not. So social media accounts that specifically focus on body acceptance. So there's really good examples like Body Posi Panda. Um, there's also things like Florence Given, there's like so many beautiful um, people that in an array of bodies. And if you start following more of them, then it does predict a broader range of body types that you see, types of appearances, you know. So that is a recommendation, as well as a recent study um, by one of our researchers, Amy Slater, along with two other colleagues, found that putting in parody images, so this is Celeste Barber. Um, can actually lead to higher body image satisfaction and more positive mood because it, you know, lifts you up a little bit like, oh, okay, you know, it's not that bad. Um, have a little giggle at the circumstances. So if that is something you are struggling with, I would recommend those two things based on the research and literature that we know so far. But there's a long way to go still. So why did I choose to research body image? It made me think about it a lot. And I mean, if you guys are listening to this and you find this interesting, maybe this is a question you might want to ask yourself. Should I? Would I? Why would I? Um, I think it affects everybody in some way or another. We all have bodies. I have a body. You have a body. And so we're not immune to these tightrope walking between scenarios. It can have a massive negative effect on people's lives, whether you know someone, whether you just heard of, or whether it's yourself, it can really severely impact your day-to-day -day lives or long-term, just what you decide to do contextually. And then learning more can really help us understand how to really support people and prevent these body image problems that might happen. Um, so like I said, with the examples of social media, it's really good to just think about what can we do to make, we can't say to people, don't use social media, that's not going to be feasible, but we can think about ways to make it easier for people that are struggling. So moving on to like my journey and how I got to here, if you are interested, then that's great. If not, and you're just thinking what's going on, then that's fine as well. So I did three years a psychology degree at UE. You'll notice there's a theme here. I stayed at UE the whole time. Um, 
is a great place. So I'm going to vouch for that. So I did three years at my psychology degree. Um, and then I did straight away a one year um, health psychology master's at UWE, which is great, by the way, I would recommend if you're interested in that. Uh, full time one year, part time two years. And then during the health psychology master's, you need to do a placement. So I did my placement at the Centre for Appearance Research and I loved it. I thought it was wicked. And so I ended up on the back of that getting a job and I worked as a research associate for one and a half years, which gave me great experience. Um, I went into did lots of projects and learned loads. And then because I liked it so much, I went back to being a student and now I'm doing my PhD, which is three years, which is funded. Um, as well, there's lots of things regarding PhDs. If you're interested in it, do go into it because I'm not going to go into detail now, but my PhD is funded. You can fund yourself or you can go into other avenues as a professional doctorate in health psychology at UWE as well. So loads of opportunities available there and UWE has been fundamental for me and my step in my career. But one thing I really want to point out is I really at points had no idea what I was doing. When I was doing my psychology degree, I wanted to be a teacher at one point and I loved that and that was something that I really enjoyed. But the more I moved through it, the more sometimes paths opened up to me that I didn't see were there. And so I would almost say, like, don't ever really beat yourself up about not knowing what you're going to do or not having a set plan because I was that floating dog and that's OK. You know, doesn't mean you have to beat yourself up about it. Actually, I know someone who's currently at the Centre for Appearance Research that did this. He was a qualified solicitor, then he did his PhD at CAR. So no route is the right route, it's what works for you and what you want to do mostly. So what kind of inspired me? I want to go into a slight little bit more focus lens on where I was and why I kind of ended up in body image. So in my degree at UE, my psychology degree. Your final year you are required to do a dissertation which is about 10,000 words and you do a research project. Sorry if you know this but I'm just sort of clarifying in case you don't. Um, at the time I was watching a lot of YouTube. YouTube was my vice. I was procrastinating all the time. YouTube videos like vloggers everything and it made me really start thinking when they were like oh you have to do a research project I was like, well, what impact could YouTube have on people? I was like, what what effect is this doing for me having all these videos that I'm watching? At the same time, I was helping out at the Centre for Appearance Research and I was in schools working with um, adolescents mostly and doing interventions and body image interventions, hearing their stories, hearing how they struggle sometimes with the way that they look, they, their peers, their families, media. And I was like, wait, hang on, this is actually a major factor on how people think and feel irrespective of your age. So when I was thinking about doing this final year project, I put them together and I was like, well, what impact does YouTube vlogging have on specifically women's body image and that's when I come to my final third year project and I did um, my research study on this and it just drew me into the whole world of body image and I found it so interesting and I was like this is this is what I want to do so I want to point out that to get me there it was a mixture of my interests what I was doing and enjoyed and just really getting 
that experience, which I know can be sometimes difficult now in the world we live in, um, but putting yourself out there and seeing where it goes, because sometimes you work out that isn't for you, it's not what I want to do, and that's also completely fine, it's not a problem, but putting yourself in that space really helps you to evaluate whether or not it's right for you. So I kind of want to um, point out and wrap this up a little bit now that as Alyssa mentioned at the beginning, I am the podcast co-host for Appearance Matters, the podcast. This is something that inspires me so much the more and more I do it. I love hearing people listen to it, enjoy it, hearing feedback. So we have 51 episodes currently. That is a lot of procrastination time. I'm just telling you, that's that was my YouTube back in the day. Um, and if you are interested in it, just if you type in Appearance Matters, the podcast, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Acast, iTunes, podcast iTunes. So yeah, we have a bunch of things to listen to there and we love to hear your feedback if you are interested. So my final tips for you guys, if I was to talk to myself back in the day, I would say, as I said, being that floating dog, not having a set plan, it's fine. It's, it's perfectly fine. But do try and get experience if you're interested in things. Put yourself out there just to test the water. If you do it and you think this isn't for me and you step back and say, no, look, then you've learned something. You haven't failed. You've just taken a different path. That's fine. And lastly, some things do take time and energy and that can sometimes be more rewarding. So, you know, we say just enjoy the moment. And that leads me to my final gift because I told you I do like a gift. Have fun enjoy it. I met some of my best friends at uni and I'm still in awe of them and their experiences and they inspire me every day. So just enjoy what you're doing and don't beat yourself up about not knowing if you don't know. And I do want to mention that if what I've discussed today, because body image is a sensitive topic, has impacted you or brought anything to light, then here are some useful organisations, as well as UE has great services in themselves that you can access to that aren't listed, but you can just access them via the UE website. So yeah, that's the final bit I want to say. If you have any questions, I'm just going to check the um, questions section. Okay, so we have some questions. Paris Mills, sorry if I pronounce any names wrong, um, how do you differentiate between whether someone is simply worrying about their body image or whether they're suffering from body dysmorphia? So I'm not a, a clinical uh, psychologist who can diagnose in any shape or form. Um, so being worrying about your body is such a normal thing um, and sadly that is a normal thing. So if if you are feeling like you do have qualms or you do worry sometimes, then I wouldn't, you know, I would say that's completely normal in the scope of the world we live in and so much pressures that we live with every day. But if you do um, feel like it is impacting your life, your ability to actually engage in things, whether that's university um, in, in a way that gets you to your goals and it really impacts your day to day life on a 
undeniable scale then please yeah like I said with the sources of support um do access them do also if you feel comfortable enough speak to to people about it so I yeah I can't say any more on that but it's normal to have some qualms that's completely normal so Isabel like what would you say about body types coming in and out of fashion oh yeah this is a good question especially women but not exclusively. I'm talking about how the ideal body has changed from a catwalk model to hourglass within the last decade and how celebrities influence apps like Instagram. Mm -hmm, you're right, affect this. Do you think it's dangerous that people, minors particularly, now carry these yeah, beauty standards in their pockets at all? Honestly, Isabel, you what you're saying is right. It's completely, yeah. We say the appearance ideal and in, like, is meant to represent the perfect body in inverted commas, the perfect person. But it's so, so arbitrary. It's changed throughout history. It's changed throughout cultures. If you think about it, we live right now with the hourglass figure, but in the early 2000s, it was like the Kate Moss, like chic, very thin, thin style. And also in the Western cultures, we focus on being tanned Whereas in more Eastern cultures, there's the idea of bleaching your skin to look paler, to look less tanned. So even currently, the world we live in right now, we have so many different ideas of what it means to look a certain way and striving to meet them costs us more than it ever provides. And it definitely feeds into the big organizations and companies that are taking your money so beautifully that want to make you feel bad and be like, look, if you feel this way, buy this mascara, buy this deodorant and this, all these things. And you're like, that's that's why that's a lot of the reasoning. And the idea of young children having this in their pockets. I'm terrified. My PhD works with young children. And we found that children as young as four have weight stigma, which means that they are very negative towards individuals of higher weight at the age of four. But that's as young as I measured. And then at the age of six, they have negative attitudes towards individuals with a facial burn. Um, that says a lot about our society um, and the ideals and the notions that we feed our young children. And they are the future. And I really do hope that um, this, this thing that we're doing is so important. And even if you're not actually interested in being a body image researcher, if you take away today, the idea that there's so much that you could potentially do, whether it's being that kind of friend to be like, no, just enjoy it like yourself. Don't worry, like all these things or, you know, whatever it means to you, then we can try and help. And this younger generation is such an important part. There is a new recent um, survey that come out by the House of Commons. It was released yesterday. So it's a body image survey from the House of Commons. If you're interested, Google it. It's fresh off the press. It has so much, even COVID literature. And they found that, yeah, young children, 80% of them wanted to be taught body image in schools. These are young children that are asking for this. So I couldn't agree with you more, Isabel, and I probably spent a very long time on that question. Apologies. So Next one is anonymous. Do you think the statistics on men's self-image, oh, sorry, it's flicking up and down. Um, yeah, on men's self-image could be inaccurate due to the stigma around men not being allowed to be vulnerable. Yeah, and open up about their emotions. Mm -hmm. 
I just want to know, yes, 100%. Um, also, this does broaden out to what we say, like harder to reach groups sometimes. So, you know, if you're if you're interested in the impact that having, for example, a cleft lip and palate might have on an individual, sometimes that in and itself can be quite a difficult thing because you're not sure whether or not you're going to get the right target audience when you ask participants to take part, which is also really important why it's great to have people take part in our research. Um, so 100%, if you, if you are a male and this is a definitely a societal thing, please do take part in some of our research because we'd love like to hear more from the male side because in body image is dominated by white, Western, usually women, um, able-bodied, very like minor visible differences. So we are aware of that. And that means the voices of people like men, people who are black, people who are um, not heterosexual. So all those LGBTQ plus communities, voices are less heard. And so 100% society impacts that, which is also why I would shout out more so if you if you are from any of those groups, please do take part in our research because we really, really like to hear your voices as well. This is over dominated from those groups I mentioned. Anonymous again, do you have any coping mechanisms to deal with negative thoughts about our bodies? So <laughs> this is a a good question is a tricky question. Obviously, this is so individual and independent, like it depends on you and what works for you. One thing that I learned to do through an intervention was speak openly a bit more positively about my body, because especially as a woman, but equally as a mentor, even as a man, but like you or sorry, if uh, any other gender um, representation group, if you kind of feel speak badly about yourself, even openly, that instantly drags you down into this like spiral of I'm feeling worse. You know, it's kind of like the idea of if you walk into work and you're like, oh, I feel rubbish. And then everyone's like, oh, so do I. And it just drags everyone down. Whereas if I'm in like groups of people, I might be like, oh, I love your jumper. That is so nice. Or even just be like, that comment was so lovely. I really liked it. Like, and also I owned my own little thing. We do an intervention in groups with um adolescent girls. We have to go around and say, I love my and a part of my body. And so I always start, I'm like, I love my butt. And like everyone's like, damn, yeah, good on you. And then it creates this atmosphere. And even if people are feeling a little bit like, oh, that's quite difficult, it can be quite nice to just say, I like my, I love my, mm, and own it. Enjoy that space that you deserve to have because you take up space and it's your body. It's the only one you've got. Treat it kindly like a little infant inside and just don't be too harsh on it. You know, it's, it's all you got. So that's mine. Everyone's different and by all means, take that with a pinch of salt. So the next one is Laura. Do you think, sorry, Laura buying, do you think it's dangerous that shows like Love Island show only one certain body type? Yeah, um, I've got a lot to say about the lack of media representation in general, not just body types, but um, race, able-bodiedness, even uh, just about um, mental disabilities and all these kind of things are represented in certain subgroups that often come with such negative connotations. And it means, e 
Love Island is one example. You know, we we have all these Instagram influencers um, who are out there who portray often certain like styles and body types that can be quite detrimental. And those are things that we are actively choosing to engage in as well, which creates a different dynamic. So I think that we need more representation in social media, in media, on a spectrum of things. And it can be so harmful because it makes us think, like we linked back earlier with appearance ideals, that there's only one type of thing you should aspire to be, which is such a lie. It's just the media has a lot to answer for, I'm afraid. So yeah, I do agree. Um, Wahib Khan, how do you react if someone criticizes your body? image face-to-face -face or social media? It's a good one. So, you know, I'm going to say I have got family and friends who, they know what I do. I'm not like hiding about I'm a body image researcher and that doesn't mean I have a perfect body image by the way, hands up, no way. But um, I often hear them speaking negatively about their own body, which we call body talk. Like, oh my God, I've put on weight. I look so fat, just as a, um, a quote there, which is something I've heard a family member say. That can be really difficult to navigate because just to let you know, I know of a girl in a school that I worked in, just completely broad there, who actually resulted in a severe eating disorder just by saying, one person saying to her, oh my God, you look great, have you lost weight? And that sat with her to say, great is losing weight. And she just mentally couldn't get out of that cycle and state. So I realized I've digressed on this question, apologies, Wahib. But um, I think that when someone criticizes your body, you have to be respectful of where they're coming from because often that comes from it own insecurities and not to take it too harshly, but also to kind of sometimes use that as a springboard. And they often say to me something, oh, you're always that person, but like say, look, I don't think that that's appropriate. And I think you should maybe just consider what that might mean if I like how I might feel about that thing you've just said to me, or sorry, but why do you think that that aspect of your appearance is so important to you if someone's saying something negative about themselves. So there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I would say addressing it sometimes and picking it up there and then and being like, hang on a minute, thanks, but mm, is a good way to go. So thanks, Wahid. How to do, how, sorry, Sophie, Sophie England, thank you. How do you stop using social media so much? Um, ooh. Uh, that's again quite tricky. So I actually wouldn't say I limit the amount of social media I use. Um, if you want to try and limit the amount of social media you use, uh, there can be things where you just delete the apps or you know you can also on some devices monitor how much time you've spent on them each week so trying to reduce that. But also that's that can be quite um, focusing on that too much you know we always say if you say you shouldn't do something that often makes you want to do it more because that's just the way your brain works um so i'd say if you want to kind of reduce the amount of social media either just try and find other things to do that you enjoy that might just almost 
not replace, but add to your daily routine. Um, mine's like reading books. I like to do that or play in the PlayStation, things like that. <laughs> but if you, I would say if you can't stop using the amount of social media you do, my tips with the social media, just filtering in some body positive things. Follow our at car Instagram page and it's got lots of like great little things just to chuck them in so that if you're seeing these appearance ideals, these like sometimes Love Island style Instagrammers in your feed, then we found that things like Celeste parody images where it's taking the mic out of it can really buffer it. So that's a good advice I would say for that with the research that I'm aware of. Um, do you have any a specific, sorry, Alexander Smith, do you have a specific goal you want to achieve in your career regarding body image? Oh, so yes, Alexander, great question. Thank you. I would love to put the um, appear like body image in the curriculum, the educational curriculum within England to start with. It's not. They've added a new um, PSAT curriculum in uh, the last month or so on relationships which is great about having same-sex parents or just one parent individual different families so i would love to have body image in there and the fact that that house of commons released that that's 80 percent of these children want to see it i would love for it to be in the curriculum that would be a big goal of mine I just, it might be a bit weird that that is but it is and thanks alexander for that question um so sophie england Oh, no, sorry, Sophie, we've had Sophie. Thank you for that. Uh, anonymous, what advice would you give for someone moving into uni who has struggled with body image and eating issues in the past? Oh, yeah, this is this is really relevant as well. So thank you to whoever put that in there. I would I would say that. Just like for me, looking back, um, walking into that lecture theatre, I was so in my own bubble about worrying about the way I looked and concerned that I realised that I was the only one who really cared about that. No one else did. Everyone was caring too much about themselves in their own little bubbles that like to just kind of sometimes, and this can be really hard because like I struggled with it at the beginning, just stepping back and being like, hang on a minute, you're not the only one here. We're all in the same boat. We're all trying to just get by. There's COVID happening and all this malarkey. So just sometimes step back a little bit, not necessarily like be a little bit more mindful and just think we're all in this together. And when you start to actually befriend and meet people, you at the beginning, it'll be all like awfully nerve wracking. And well, for me, it was anyway. But then once you bridge that barrier, you can just you'll realise that you actually had less to worry about and you'll meet people that are quite like minded and enjoy the same thing you do and body image. You're you're not friend. Think about the friends you're friends with now. Are you friends with them because of the way they look? Well, I know I ain't, and I know everyone that I'm friends with don't don't think that either. So just have that in the back of your mind that, yes, it might be difficult, but no, you are not the only one at all. And all the best with um, moving to uni. Anonymous, what's beauty? Oh, go, oh I don't know. <laughs> no, I just think it's um, it's a concept that was created by us, not us in this group and this <laughs> lecture series, but by society. It's completely arbitrary. It's 
something that is within the eyes of the beholder but at the same time we all have this appearance ideal that is a template in the back of our mind that society tells us is what beauty is and that's represented through media and also perpetuated through like sometimes the eyes of your family and friends and so beauty is slightly different for everyone but we also have this complete idea about what it should be from what society tells us so there are so many layers to what beauty is but I think what's more beautiful than you know just appearance is someone who's just a beautiful person and nice to be around and so it is a it's a complex thing but at the same time having that knowledge knowing that is such a key element to opening up yeah lots of ideas about being critical about what beauty is because it ain't just one thing good question another anonymous <laughs> where did you get that top <laughs> is it if it's the cardigan then i love this cardigan it's my favorite cardigan i got it from new look like two years ago thought i lost it at a festival realized it didn't life-changing and it is the ideal transitional piece so I that's all my vlogging days of watching YouTube um so yeah that's this and this one is from I'm just checking I'm just checking the label pretty little thing is this top because that's just I don't know I use this all the time it's a little little one you can just wear with anything so thanks for that question <laughs> um and I do love it and I look great in it just own that as well um so how do you we deal with people with multiple accounts on social media? Oh, do we? Sorry, I'm not entirely sure. I'm just going to assume what I can. Hi. Hey, Jade, voice from above. Um, this is about multiple accounts for trolling. How do you deal with people who might be doing that activity? Thank you, Alyssa. That's lovely. Um, so trolling, cyberbullying is, is strife unfortunately and um unlike previous times in school when you're face to face you know who your bully is um and it's super tricky and people feel like they have more power behind the screen when you can't see them because it's like almost like a mask so i would just say that i can't tell you necessarily how to deal with them um but i would also say that just remember, people are so much braver when you can't see who they are. And also, everyone on social media presents the best of themselves. Like, we always put the um, best foot forward with regards to the way that we want to be. It's not a real representation often of who we are. So I, I would say just, yeah, remember that they feel like they have more power than they do. But at the same time, people are trying to just present themselves in a way. And it's, it's often just a tiny reflection of you as a person. So even if they are kind of saying these bad things, just think, you don't know half of me. You just know the bit I want you to know. So sadly, things like social media can be quite shallow. Like Instagram, it's mainly just imagery. So you don't really get to know the person behind it too much. Well, obviously, unless you do videos. But even then, you don't see people's lives. So I would say... Take it with a pinch of salt and remember they're they're being too big for their own boots behind that screen. Um, so thank you so much for who said really inspired me. I really appreciate that. That's lovely feedback. And 
the last one, where, or oh, I think it's last one anyway, where do we go to contribute to your surveys? That's so, yeah, thank you so much. So it's the um, Centre for Appearance Research participant pool. So I would say I'm happy to try and produce a link or something in some way. Um, if someone is able to advise me on that, I can present that and you can just access the link. But if you Google Centre for Appearance Research, and then you type in and then put participant pool. We have a whole page. It's all within the UE website. So even if you go on the UE website, the Centre for Appearance Research is in there. It tells you all about our research centre, all our members, and then you can link to the participant pool and just sign up. And we, we send just only like it's not spam or anything. It's just research that you could take part in and be involved in. So that's a really lovely question. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Alyssa. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, if you want to click that link, please do sign up. And if you are interested in general, all our social media accounts, if you're happy to follow them, please do. We do post regularly and we'd love to hear, especially the podcast, a bit biased, but we love to hear your feedback. And yeah, please do let us know what you think. So thank you very much. I think that's all potentially there's time for. If I'm wrong, I'm not no. sure. Thank you, Jay. That was absolutely fantastic and really, really inspiring. Really interesting sort of um, sort of talk as well, especially not just a, a topic that is interesting to to all of us, but also how you've sort of um, continued through your education here at UWE. Um, for everyone listening in, thanks for joining us. Uh, this uh, lecture has been recorded and will be published online for you to have a look at, and we'll put Jade's slides in as well so that you can have the, the links that were available at the end of it. And um, I just want to thank everybody and really thank Jade for what a great lecture, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you very much. For more information about the Inspire Me lecture series, including other podcasts from the series, visit uwe.ac.uk slash study slash block dash zero slash inspire dash me.